The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. Oh, here we go. I love the power. power, power. G'day everybody and welcome to the Big the Footy power. Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining us as always is Rick and Portia. Hello, 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 hello. Guys. Yay! I think What's I think we're mean? all pretty pretty excited for today, aren't we? We've got. Th- um, are we? I think so. I, th- I am. <laughs> well, we got Rockliffe confirmed, and we traded out Impy for you know not too bad. So um, the trade of picks and you know that's all good stuff. Something very, to talk very about, positive. which is uh, which is always nice, always nice. So let's get straight into it. Talk about Tom Rockliffe. It's a done deal. He is going to be at Port Adelaide next year. It's a four year contract. Welcome to the club, Tommy. It's a big pickup. Absolutely. Um, so now is the time for everyone on Big Footy to do a search for the word Rockcliffe in their posts and erase them. Um, <laughs> then, then make a clean slate so everyone's all good. And we've always been fans of Rockcliffe. <laughs> so how do we? The most important thing is how do we spell Rockcliffe? Is it Rock Cliff one word no, or Rock Rockcliffe? Rockcliffe. All right, so now there's no excuses for people misspelling his name on the port. Look, I think just, well, like, I mean, just like Schultz or Trengrove, we can uh, yeah. probably chuck an E on the end and uh, continue <laughs> the misspelling of our players' names. Yeah, yeah, it's a grand, it's a grand tradition now, going back to Tony Thurston's. So yeah, why not? <laughs> That's it. Well, like I said, like I said the other day, the secret is if you don't know how to spell someone's name. Convert it to the Australian nickname, and that's just the first few letters, and put an O at the end of it. So Rocco, here we come. Rocco, Rocky, that's Rocco, it. definitely Rocky. Because Rock um, life. Yeah. But what's he? What's he gonna? We've spoken about him in a bit of detail. So now that it's official, what's he gonna add? He's gonna be a midfield forward. He's going to add a yeah. lot of midfield class. He's a contested ball winner. He's a tackler. He's a clearance winner. He's one of the best natural clearance winners in the competition. He can sneak forward and kick a goal. He can do a tagging roll if need be. And he picks up a shitload of the footy. So he's... For me, I mean, that's that's just exactly what we need. Like, he is um, what we were hoping Archie would become, but he's the finished article. So he's no doubt in my mind at all that he's going to improve our side dramatically through that midfield. Yeah, he's um, but he's an he's an attacking midfielder, which was exactly what we've been lamenting that we didn't really have, and that we were trying to play Mimpy as one, and it didn't work. So hey, that's all turned out all right for us, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Is his shoulder an issue? Potentially. Oh, well, early in the season, maybe. Yeah. Well, I noticed he had a full shoulder reconstruction. Yeah. Better he's than still, a knee still reconstruction, played 20 games I guess. This year. Yeah, it's not. Mm. <laughs> oh, Rick, you sound you sound downbeat. Oh, I'm just. It's okay. It's just. Yeah, you want more? I want more. I want to know what else is going on. It's so no. slow. I'm. What do you I'm mean semi-do- slow? We've been involved, oh. we've been involved in half of the stuff that's been going on. You know, exactly. Trade week's got- so trade week's just so boring. But it's like what? you know, it's it's like a uh, masochist because. Nothing happens, but you keep going back to trade week radio whilst you're at work just to 
make sure you don't miss anything. And there's like tumbleweeds. Hey? Don't do that. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, being able to handle your stimulation. This has been no slower than any other year. And uh, I don't know why people expect things to be different every year. Every year, uh, trade week comes around and people expect there to be, you know, 15 trades done on the first day. And it never, ever happens and never, ever will happen. This is, you know, a a pretty busy start to the trade period, I think. Considering there's still, what, seven days left. um, To have, you know, a couple of deals done and a couple of free agents done, I reckon is a, um, you know, not a bad start. No, it's a really good start. And, um, I mean, we've had heaps of trade periods where nothing has happened at all until the last day. Mm. So if you're a Port fan, you know, you've got, you've got nothing to complain about. You know, if you're a, I don't know, Kangaroos fan, you might be a bit pissed off, but there's probably not a lot they want to trade out. But, you know, that's <laughs> no. all right. That's it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, and more big news. Jason Davenport's now a development coach at Carlton. So uh, that that's big news. I don't know, but you can be pretty sure that Carlton will beat West Coast next year. Yes. I was going to say. Absolutely. So uh, try and get so, the early odds on that one. So what do you guys think? What, what What's what's going to be remaining for Port? Are we going to get rid of young Loby, Archie, who's apparently up on the Queensland coastline? And is Loby holding up the potential extra funds we need to sign uh, Motlop? Um, will we get Motlop and Watts? Uh, I'm not so confident on Watts anymore. I think he's going to stay at Melbourne, um, as in the Demons, not the uh, not the state. Um, I, I am still confident that we're going to get Motlop. Um, look, we've been chasing him for a long time now, and it's, it's kind of imperative that we actually come to the party and pay him, you know, the money. When you when you're chasing someone for over 12 months. Um, I think you pretty much got to make sure you get the deal done. So what's he worth, guys? Who? Motlop. I'm happy to pay Nothing him 550 to, to 600 Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't cool. care about that. <laughs> no, you don't care about the money? No, I care about the duration of the contract and what draft capital it costs us. The money is up to the, the, the managers to work out because we have no idea what our salary cap is, clearly. And clearly the media don't either. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no. So what's the maximum length you'd be happy to give him contract-wise in years? Look, he's been a pretty fit player. He's fits an exact need for us. Um, and the fact that he's a free agent makes you, you know, okay, maybe you've got to make it a little bit longer. Um, I'd like three, but I'd take four. That'd be all right for his for his, where he is and what he is. I didn't think you liked three or four year contracts with people I over twenty six. Don't I, well, is he over twenty six? I thought he was twenty six. But either way, like he's had no real concerns about his um, injury status, and we have to accept that with re-signing Ken, um, we have to make this a premiership window. So that sort of makes these decisions a little bit more. Um, Stuff you've got to do it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Like that—that's kind yeah. of where we're at now. Like we—we're not in a position where we're saying, okay, we're going to rebuild or anything. It's like we've decided, yeah, no, this is it. We've got some—we've got a, a good young players in positions where they'll be playing for the next four years, five years. So we need to sort of try and do something now. Um, and if we can do something now without giving up draft picks, which you can do, is what we're doing with free agency. Um, that's really pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah. 
I like that. And look, I think we need Motlop simply for the fact that um, the player that we're going to talk about now is uh, no longer at the club, Jarman Impey. Uh, the deal is done. Mm. Impey is now a Hawthorne Hawk. Um, and the, the official trade was Impey in pick 67 for 33-61 and a future fourth-round pick uh, next year. So, look, we've, we've got a, an extra second-round pick. We've upgraded our... You know, pick in the sixties, and we've got a speculative pick next year, which I'm I'm not too um, upset about. I think that's decent. I think we'll probably use that pick next year, yeah. and uh, I think given the situation, it's probably as good as what we could have hoped for. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that it's um it's suitable for us. I think that it gives us a position to. If we are trading for Watts, to maybe still approach getting Watts. And if not, then given what Melbourne's asking price, what a high second-round pick it's supposed to be, then either way, we can. it makes our, the job of that um, football department pretty easy because all we've got to do now is turn late picks into uh, and into less earlier picks, um, whether we give them to Melbourne or not. So uh, that's that's good. Gives gives a bit of focus there. And uh, who knows, it's just really about wooing Watts at this stage. And, you know, if he doesn't... If, look, uh, it's another one of these situations where if the player wants to come to us, then he'll work out. And if the player doesn't want to come to us, he wouldn't work out. Because if leaving Melbourne is that big a deal for him, then if he did come to Port Adelaide, that would be – he wouldn't work out. <laughs> so mm. that's what I feel there. Um, because it's not as though he'd be coming to a, a wooden spoon side or anything like that. He'd be coming to a team that is competing in the finals this year anyway, as certainly more than Melbourne did. Um, so, yeah, you know. Um, mm. oh, I'm happy with the trade. Oh, I'm sad to see MP go just because I thought, I always thought that um, he would deliver, um, but it hasn't happened. He hasn't improved at all in four years. Um it wouldn't surprise me if he does deliver on that talent um, at Hawthorne, um, depending on what sort of role they want to play him in. Um, but yeah, look, I don't think many Port fans will uh, wish him harm. I think we all sort of wish him, you know, the best at his new home. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What about Jacko's role in all this? I think I noticed a few supporters are a little bit curious of his. Um, encouragement of Jarman to be leaving Port Adelaide? Do you you think it's been a a little bit untoward with his push or is he just being a supportive mate trying to uh, uh, help a friend find happiness? I think he's just being a supportive mate. I don't don't think he's pushed Jarman out of Port Adelaide. Jarman wrote a pretty um, heartfelt message on Instagram today uh, in regards to the club and was, was very positive about his time at Port Adelaide and and all that, and he's just sort of stated, you know, it's a family decision and um, one to try and help him get the best out of himself. Um, you know, fair enough. I don't think ja- Jackson's had any sort of massive part in uh, in leading Jarman away. I-, I think that decision was probably already made, and it was just um, Jackson trying to get him to choose the Bulldogs over Hawthorne, I think. Mm. Yeah, uh, look, I don't put a lot in that and if he does well good luck to him you know um on the on the scale of these things uh kenny hinkley helping us get charlie dixon is going to take a lot to make that balance not work in our favor so you know if you're talking about players luring players um and it doesn't it often doesn't work in coaches luring players but 
clothes wearing clothes off and doesn't work, as we saw with Travis Boak, you know? Like, he got the full, you know, armada of Geelong captaincy saying, come to Geelong, and he didn't. So, you know, I'm sure that they think Jackson's a good bloke, but they'll make their decisions for their own life and, you know, for their own families. So I, I don't see much in that at all. Mm. Some of the other deals yeah. that have been done... And I think it... Yeah. Uh, the Jake Lever deal um, was completed... Uh, today, Lever's gone to Melbourne um, for pick 10, a future first and a future fourth. Um, and uh, Melbourne received Lever 35 and a future third. So a pretty good deal for the Crows in the end there. I think um, many people were thinking they, they were probably going to get screwed over, but to end up with, uh, with two first-round picks, it's probably best-case scenario for them. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to say so. Um, I just want to point out that uh, joining the Spreaker chat live just now has been Pair FC champion Jack Watts, which is his literal username. Yeah. And he says he can't wow. wait to be a port. So, so yeah, there you go. It's scoop. Good news. Good news. Yeah, scoop. Tell it to the trade shouter or something like that. Should be good. Um, yeah, no. Uh, going through the Spreaker chat. Ryan reckons Watts is an 80-20 chance to land here. Watts 60-40, which is pretty good. Uh, Dylan's saying, yeah, players are securing their financial future, yada, yada, yada. Scott Kent Collins has said that Richie, in August of 2017, stated that the AFL officially said we're in the bottom six players regarding player payments. So I guess we do have that cap room to pay for a guy like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, anyway. the one thing, just with, just with Watts, if Watts comes in, is that going to affect Frampton getting a regular gig in the short term or do you think Marshall and Frampton might be swapped over in the side and shared workload? Yeah, I'd say so. That I, second think, one. I think they might share the workload. Um, we probably can't fit all of Dixon, Watts, Marshall and Frampton into the side. Um, I would say Watts is probably more important than Frampton <laughs> by a long way just because he is you know, the finished article and he's going to... Um, you know, improve our side if we do end up getting him, uh, which might mean that uh, that Frampton may not get the game time that uh, it looked like happening a few weeks ago next year. But um, I'm sure he'll still come out and uh, and perform really well and uh, and no doubt play quite a few games next year. And look, I mean, the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, you know they'll, they'll, we can change between, for example, Marshall and Frampton when it based on opponents, so that's good. Uh, and also how well our only Ruckman and our only key forward are going. <laughs> you know, that's mm. that's really the, the the thing we can do there. And with what's coming in, that'll make it easier. Uh, and Frampton coming on, that gives us some chance to prove with Ryder. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad situation to be in. Yeah. And did the Crows um, get overs for Lever? What was it, a first-rounder and a future first-rounder? Yeah. Oh, I don't think they got overs. I think they got uh, as good as could be expected. I think it's the perfect win-win trade because Melbourne get the play that they were after. The Crows get so two first-round picks that they were after. Um, you know, I think maybe Melbourne overpaid a tiny bit, but uh, look, you know, to get the play that you want, sometimes you've got to, you've got to give, and that's what they've done in this case. And I think the important thing to keep in mind with Melbourne, um, and it's probably where they're at uh, as a football club, uh, or rather they recognise where they're at, is that they don't need draft picks right now. Like, they've got so many young players inside right now, but what they desperately, desperately need is class and defence. 
And if they can have a, a added defensive player that should be playing there for the next, you know, comfortably seven years in good in good or excellent form, um, then losing two first round draft picks in a side that's full of them, it doesn't really matter in one bit. So yeah. um, I think they made the deal they needed to make to get a player they desperately needed to get. Um, and you know, I reckon they'd walk away from that thinking they did a really good job. And they, I reckon they probably did, quite honestly. Did we did we underpay for Paddy Ryder then? Because we only paid what a first and a second rounder. He's a lot older. Um, I believe he's 21, isn't he? Something yeah. like that. So yes. there's an extra four years of prime football in Lever than there was in Ryder. So, no, we didn't overpay. No. Um, the other trade that's been done is Devin Smith has made his way to Essendon. And I think Essendon have got a pretty bloody uh, good deal here. They've got uh, Devin Smith, 24, and a future second round pick for pick 11 and a future third round. So somehow they've ended up landing Devin Smith and also pretty well improving their draft position as well. How do they do that? Like, Essendon just always somehow occasionally just pull this completely bullshit trade out of nowhere. Um, and they've done that for years and years and years. It's not just the current administration, surely, but mm. where they get basically something for almost nothing and it's something really good. And it's how, 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 how do they do that? How do they do it? But how, how is it nothing? Because they've given up pick 11. Because they're getting two second-round picks and a player that they really, really want. Is it you know, a two that, seconds or a second and a third? It's two seconds. Two seconds. So pick 24 this year mm. and a future second-round pick next year. So a player plus two seconds for a first-round and a third-round pick. It's, uh, but isn't there more of a heavy... Isn't, isn't that a heavy bias, though, to um, the first round, statistically, to subsequent rounds? No, not really. Well, you guys are the draft experts, not me. I'm just asking the question. Oh, again, if it, like you will see, t- you, I reckon you will see teams trade pretty close to a first and a third for two seconds. You know, in, a, in any given draft year, like pretty close to it, they might be a bit extra. Um, so that I mean, it really puts the worth of Devon Smith in draft terms quite low. But I guess that yeah. I guess that must be how desperate GWS is to sneak into the first round. Uh, uh, and there must be some player that they want. Well, I think there's one of the things Mac has been saying all year is that the good tools are academy tools, so maybe there's someone they actually want to get, um, and they need that first-round pick to be able to pay for them with the uh, academy picks, so they might have been really desperate for that. It's essentially pick 24 and pick 32-ish for pick 11 and pick 45-ish. So, you know, that that's probably even, but when you throw in Devin Smith, who's a you know, yeah. pretty pretty decent bloody player on his own um, accord. Uh, I think Essendon come away like thieves there. Plus, it also uh, really widens the uh, their opportunity to land someone like Stringer or Saad in the next couple of days too. It really is one of those things where, where academy clubs trading whoops the, uh, the playing field in favour of the clubs they trade with mm. um, because their priorities are so very different to everyone else's. Um, and I think we've seen that here. You know, to us, we're looking at Essendon and thinking that's a fantastic deal for Essendon, but GWS isn't going to suffer for it because then they can get the players they want and nick them from the league at large. So um, it's 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 a lesser version of the free agency scam where clubs, you know, they only trade, they only get players so they don't lose compensation picks the following year when they only lose players, that sort of thing. So. Yeah. yeah. The other one that's interesting for me is the the non-trade, um, but. Is a what's his first name? A Brisbane player, Sashi or whatever it is. Shacky. So, Shacky. Oh, yeah, like, how how he's on the nose? Yeah, you know, he's a a second 
pick, number two pick, and uh, yeah, people are very disinterested in him, and he might even go late teens or early twenties in a with a pick, which I, after two years, which I find staggering. I think a, a lot of clubs are really questioning his work rate and his desire, um, mm. and maybe it's. It is very much a mental thing as opposed to I don't want to live in Brisbane anymore type thing. Maybe it is a shacky uh, type thing just on his own. Um, so I think that's probably why um, uh, a lot of the trade offers for him are going to be you know, probably not what Brisbane were kind of hoping for. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and Brisbane are in a strong position now too, which I think is probably what's making it a bit more... Um non-trading in that uh, he's shown nothing at AFL level and that always brings it down when it's an early draft pick because, you know, if you get an early draft pick that starts performing like an early draft pick, you can ask the world, but he hasn't. Mm. Uh, and a lot of that, uh, you would say, is probably because of Brisbane right now in that they're not able to feed his sort of forward and all that sort of thing. And there's lots of there's lots of reasons that are quite valid reasons. Um, but the fact that he's contracted himself for another two years or whatever it was, like, if Shaky really wanted to come home, he shouldn't have resigned mid-season. Like that's absolutely yeah. a huge mess up on his part. If he if he was uncontracted, um, these offers would be very real right now. But they're not because Brisbane can just poo-poo and not take a look at any of them. So yeah. Right. Let's talk about uh, the player reviews. It's our final week of player reviews. It's titled New Car yeah. Smell. So looking at a lot of uh, the new draft picks from this year. The first one we're going to talk about is Willem Drew who is um, in his first year this year, played 19 SANFL games, averaged 15 disposals, four marks, four and a half tackles um, a game. Uh, Porsche, you were massive on him last year. I was pretty keen on him too. Uh, I think he's had a pretty steady development year. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I did peg him to probably play a couple of games last year, but then again, I also thought Sam Palpepper would only play maybe half a season at most, so that I guess that probably had a bit of an impact. Um I think he was probably one of the players of the four that we thought might take the longest, potentially, to, to play a game um, because he does have a, a lot of building to play, building to do to be the sort of player he's going to end up being. Um, you know, he's an outsideish player and he is quite fast, but he's not one of those, you know, blistering fast 18-year-olds that you can just come in and slot in from day one. Like, he's going to have to become a more complete player. Um, from all reports, he did all right. Uh, in the SNFL, uh, I guess he'll be disappointed to follow his three premierships with Corot with a, a grand final loss. But, uh, yeah, I think he's tracking about where we'd expect, you'd have to say. And uh, if you've seen Magpie's games, Maka, you'll be able to comment a bit more than me. Mm. Um, look, I think he maybe had a bit of a slow start to the year. He really got going uh, mid-season, played three or four really, really top games in a row playing through the midfield. But he was almost a bit of a role player for a, for a fair bit of this year. Um, I like him. I think he's got, he's definitely got a future going forward. Um, I think he needs to improve his core strength a bit. Um, mm. and he needs to really sort of knuckle down on one particular p- uh, position, whether that's going to be sort of outside mid on a wing or whether it's going to be inside mid or whether it's going to be off a back flank. Uh, I think he really needs to sort of settle down in one particular spot and develop in that role. I think that's his best chance of, uh, of playing um, some games next year and really making it in the future. Honestly, he's the guy I would immediately pair out with Tom Rockliffe because I think that it's a sort of role that he will be actually uh, able to develop into in that being a sort of attacking midfielder that can play 
half forwardish uh, and that can play in and out of traffic, um, which is the important thing. I think that Drew's not going to be your grinder, but we don't need that. But he will be a guy that I think will need to be able to cope with contested ball as well as play outside. Um, and those sorts of players are invaluable. And that comes back to why he needs to be up his core strength, like you said, Macca, because he's not going to be that blistering 10 miles away from everyone player. He's got to, he's going to have to compete with contests and he's disadvantaged in that regard because he's, what, 19? So there you go. Mm. Yep. What do you reckon, Rick? Yep. Next. I've never, I haven't even seen him play. <laughs> oh, I watched Rick. the grand final. I didn't even notice him in the grand final, so oh. I got nothing. Even though I've got a question, is it socially yeah. acceptable if you go to a public gym to wear jocks in the sauna and spa area rather than wearing faders? <laughs> I, I think. I think because that's what people do, and I just don't think it's right. You shouldn't be wearing briefs in a public gym. I think you should be wearing bathers. I don't think it's socially Does it really matter? I think it does. So long as you're wearing something. Well, it's well, underwear, though. Come on. The gotta, thing is... Where's, the, yeah, but where's you, the decorum? Bathers are touching your balls as well, Rick. So what's the difference? Yeah, I get that. That's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> I just... For some reason, I still think it's a bit wrong. Well, Rick, you can you can you can be someone that the gym employees will have a good laugh about at the end of the day, and go and ask them what the rules are about wearing jacks or bathers, because I'm sure they'll have an answer for you. They'll have a code of conduct, and it might even be explicit on that matter. Mm. Mm. What about if they're dirty? <laughs> You're painting such lovely images. Is there is there a difference between dirty underwear and clean underwear? Oh dear. What gym do you, do you go to, Rick? I go to Next Gen. You go to Next Gen, right? I'm, I'm definitely crossing that one off the list for sure. Uh, believe it or not, this has actually drawn in some comment on the speaker chat. Uh, Magpie's Paris said free ball, and Scott Kent Collins has said, "Was it Harvey Weinstein?" So. <laughs> no, but he did pin me up in the corner, the dirty man. <laughs> Right, on that note, let's talk about the next player. Peter Adams, I'm sure he's a lovely fella. Uh, He played 16 games this year at the Magpies, averaged eight disposals, three marks, and four hit-outs a game. Also kicked uh, 15 goals in those 16 games. Um, We know he's a young ruck, but uh, given that we had um, at stages Loby as well as uh, Frampton, who are more developed and needed the game time um, in the ruck, uh, he kind of missed out on that regard, and spent a lot of his time up forward this year and uh, did a pretty reasonable job. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, he, look, he's a guy that we were pretty excited to get on the rookie list last year, and um, he's just a big lump of a lad, really. He's just got to, like all these rookie ruckmen that you take, uh, he's going to take two or three years, and then we might know if he's going to be a player or not. But any form that is productive at this stage is good form. So, mm. good on him. I, I guess what was interesting is that he was mentioned by Hinckley as, uh, you know, the up-and-coming backup Ruckman when he was talking about backup for Ryder. And Hinkley says have faith in him and uh, Frampton coming through the ranks. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think Laddams is a better Ruckman than Frampton or, or will develop into a better Ruckman than Frampton. I think Frampton might be a little bit better around the ground, but Laddams is, is pretty good athletically. He's pretty quick for a big guy. Um, has pretty good skills, has a good mark as well. So I think he's definitely got a lot of talent. I think we've got a bit of a steal there. Um, in the rookie draft last year. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely keen to give him a couple more years uh, just to see if he can develop into that sort of player that um, I expect him to become. 
look, let's be frank. Frampton's the next Slade and uh, Laddams is the next Maddie Primus. So we're, we're all set up now. We're good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's it. Yep, lock in. That. All good. All good. Even though it was Primus outdated for modern AFL football. Well, who knows? They might uh, make a rule change that sends a competition back another 10 years. So maybe, maybe not. Hmm. I mean, they might you, you'd think it's, they a, might it's an interesting it's an interesting question, though. Like, you know, would he be too slow now for modern football? Well, they might decide to remove the dividing line because they don't like what it does to stop figures, in which case Matty Primus would be right at home again, you know? Yes. He'd be too slow. Like, still the, you know, some of the better rucks in the competition are guys like Jacobs and Mumford, who, you know, wouldn't be able to run away out of sight on a dark night. So... I don't, I don't think Primus would be too slow. I think he'd probably have 15 frees against him every game and uh, would be unplayable. Mm. Yeah, depending... Well, yeah, it would come down to... If there's, if there's a huge change in ruck rules, basically. Um, but if there isn't, then no, probably you wouldn't be up to it. But I won't uh, railroad the show on ruck rules. We'll do that for another show. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> That's it. Let's talk about the next player, Cameron Hewitt, who's in his second year at the club. Uh, played 16 games for the Maggies this year, averaged 15 disposals, three and a half marks, three tackles, and also kicked one goal uh, for the season. Um, he was a lot better this year than last year. Um, he did develop into a pretty handy inside midfielder. Um, I've still got a lot of doubts whether he's AFL capable, though. Do you reckon he gets another year? I personally wouldn't because I just don't think he's got AFL potential. Um, yeah. But look, he did improve quite significantly this year. And if he does that again next year, um, you never know. Like he's probably followed the same path as what Brendan Archie did at, in his first two years. Like he was uh, a pretty, pretty much a non-event in his first year and then had a really good second season. Uh, and Hugh has probably followed that sort of path, to be honest. Right, well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thinking for an inside midfielder, he's pretty... Yeah, I've got pretty, nothing. He's, he's pretty lanky. Um, I, I'm just not sure he'd be strong enough or well-built enough to play inside mid um, at AFL level. And it's going to take him another sort of two to three years to really build up his body, I think. And I just don't think he's got that sort of time in him, to be honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, look, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, The reason being that we've added another midfielder that's going to be in the first 22. So the thing is that even if he does make it, like, is he the guy we want to spend time on? Uh, We've already talked about Drew as a guy that might come in in the next couple of years. We've got Atlee still outside the team. Um, He's kind of superfluous now, Hewitt, I guess, if, if he's a clear last on our list of uh, contested midfielders, then, yeah, move him on. A place for something that we need more. I'm not against so keeping trade him, him for trade one him more year. year. Oh, he's not tradable. I, I would, no. well, I'm not against um, keeping him for one more year just because I don't think there's going to be a lot of depth in the rookie draft. And the player that we're going to pick is probably not likely to be as good as Hewitt or ever be as good is, as Hewitt. Is he, on, is he a rookie list player? Yeah. Okay, well then, yeah, keep him. Why not? Why not? Let's see. Pack, a, pack of chips. Pack of chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next player is also a rookie list player, Jared Linett. 
who um, played 20 games this year at the Magpies, averaged 17 disposals and five and a half marks a game. He came to the club more of a kind of a, a wingman sort of back flanker, but was sort of pushed into a third tall defender's role. And uh, I thought he was one of the best performing Magpies all season. Was very, very consistent. And uh, I think he's definitely worth more time. He was guy with the long hair, right? Uh, the yeah. longish hair? Yeah. Yeah. About 193 centimetres. About that, yep. Yeah, I thought he showed a bit of promise too. Mm. Definitely, uh, and he's on the rookie list. On the rookie list, yeah. yep. Yeah, so what's it hurt? Keep him there and see how he develops. Yeah, no, look, he's an unusual um, prospect, uh, and if he works out, he'll be relatively unique in our side, so uh, I've always got a little bit more time for players like that, mm. uh, if they seem to be doing the work, which apparently is, so that's good. I think he's definitely got AFL potential. He just looks like an AFL player. He moves like an AFL player. He's got great skills, got good height, can uh, can read the play really well, does the intercept mark thing pretty well too, um, and, of course, can play further up the field on a wing, so... Uh, for a player like that of that size, I think he's got quite a few tricks in his bag, and um, I would almost be adding him to the senior list this year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Probably probably don't need him, though, on the senior list. Wouldn't it be better to just keep him on the rookie? It would be, because if we if we elevate him, doesn't he get like a two-year deal in his age? Because he's under uh, 20, whatever it was. No, he's um, he's older. He's not is a he? young kid. Yeah, he's about 21, 22, okay. I think, from memory. If we, if, uh, we can, if we can elevate him on a one-year contract, then you'd consider it. But if it would mean you'd have to elevate to a two-year contract, then don't. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Uh, in the end, I guess it depends what happens with trade week, whether we do lose all the you know, the, the Archie, Young, Lobie, these sorts of guys, and we, we end up finding ourselves with... You know, having to spend seven picks in the national draft, um, and in that case, I would certainly be looking at adding someone like Liner to the uh, to the um, uh, senior list. Well, here's a, here's, a, here's a question. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a Rick esque segue, except it's actually about football. Um, oh, it's not about, under, about right. underpants. Are you sure? Don't oh, worry, I've got sure. another. I've got another gym question coming up, so <laughs> don't you worry. I'm holding on to it. <laughs> okay. Um, delisted players from other clubs. So there's been a few mentioned. Uh, Sam Gibson, who's played every game for the Kangaroos since February, he's the sort of guy you'd have to fill a spot because he is proven AFL ready for a season. Because we're waiting, Macca, we're sort of waiting for next year's draft, right? That's that's your view. Yep. So if you want to fill a spot for you, is that the sort of player you'd maybe look at, given he has been delisted? Uh, well, at 31, he'll be 32 starting next year. Well, I think he's a, a really good player. He's, he obviously wins a lot of the bowl. Um, mm. he, he played 130 games straight for North, and some for some reason they've delisted him. Not sure why. Um, look, could think of worse things to do. I think. Um, so yeah. Whether he would like who's he pushing out of our side to get in? That's the, the main. But that's question. the thing. Like, what role is he playing? This, this is the thing that he's not necessarily pushing anyone out of the side because he's been delisted. So he just wants a chance to earn a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you have him there, he's a break if break glass if blah 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 player. Um, he's a guy. He's a backup for us. You know, mm. we had him. He's a DFA, so it costs us nothing, yeah. and we keep him around as a backup guy as who has played significant AFL uh, has significant AFL experience behind him, so that when we get to you know whatever round it is, 
and we have to choose between uh, maybe a, a young guy that is in indifferent form or a guy that's sort of cutting it up every week at SNFL level, like we theoretically should be able to just bring a guy like that in, in a Tom Logan sort of equivalency mm. um, for one year. Not sure. What, what, Not sure. Where would he play? Oh, he's a midfielder, so he's a, he's more of a sort of wing outside mid, um, but not with great pace. Um, it, look, he's not bad. I, as I said, I do like him. It's just I don't know. I fret if we well, were to pick have... someone like him up, then I can see us giving him twelve to fourteen games when I'd prefer twelve to fourteen games to go to someone like Atley instead. Well, like I said, I mean, it really comes down to what his personal expectations are. Um, if there's not really many clubs talking to him, then I think he'll take an AFL paycheck and whatever opportunities he's given. Mm. Um, so that's that's really what we'd, we'd know to find out as a club, but I wanted to test the water to see if you'd be interested. Uh, another article on AFL.com.au says that Jimmy Bartell would entertain conversation if a club asked him to come out of retirement because he's obviously seen Mitchell and Lewis and Hodge kick on. And he hey, wants hey, it hey, you, you can't ask two... Uh, Segway question. I, I, come on, this is you've, a really good segue question, Rick. Jimmy Bartel no, for you. Would you consider he's already it? already come out. He's already come out and rebuttaled it and said it's oh, not true. Oh, has he? I haven't seen yeah. that. Oh, damn it. Yeah, he said that a couple of days ago Ooh, on Trade oh. Reap Radio. Oh, what a pain. He said, right. he said he, it's not true and it was out of context. And, okay. Yeah. He ain't Look, coming back. No. Oh, it's a shame Jimmy Bartel was a wonder, one of my favourite non-port players ever, I reckon. And look, he probably wears bathers in a sauna too, so he's a top guy. <laughs> yeah, good work. And, none and look, of, none I mean, of this underwear. How good would it be like to bring him back and just have a crack? And you know, if he if he was up to it again, if he sort of thrived in the year off like uh, Ryder did, um, gee, wouldn't that be good to add a Bartel to the lineup that's adding Rockliffe uh, on top of what we've already got? Well, I think I think I think Port supporters would be more interested in uh, Corey Enright coming back for a year than. Bartel. But we don't need Corian, right? We do need a Bartel type uh, yeah. in his role if he's in any form. That's the difference. Um, not... And Ryan Pillar. So this isn't me segueing. Ryan Pillar reckons rookie Jack Chengrove. Mm. Um... <laughs> Two dodgy feats all we need. No, I don't think so. Well, he was the best BFL player for Melbourne last year. So uh, won the medal. You mean this year? This year. Well, it's last year now, Rick. The season's over, didn't you know? Well, it's still this year. You mean last season? <laughs> He's played yeah, seven games in four years. I, I just don't. I don't know. It's. I don't think anyone will it's pick more, him up, to be honest. It's which more is than a shame because he. Yeah, look, it's a shame. I, I just don't think anyone's going to give him another chance, to be honest. Uh, I think. I don't know. Even though it's low risk, I don't know. I just don't think you're yeah. going to get any sort of reward out of it. And what about Lockie Hansen from North Melbourne? Mm, what yeah. about him? Well, he's been delisted. He's a tall player. He'd be all right as backup. He's 29. Nah. Yeah. Nah. See, this is the thing. Like Comparing these to the guys we're talking about keeping around for a year who we know aren't going to do anything. If they do, they're going to be very untested. Hey. Are, we in, are we in a premiership window or not, Rick? That's my question. Well, again, where's he going to play? My... Where's he going to play? Well, like we've, we are absolutely Where we need him to play with... when we get injuries, if we get injuries. Wasn't you know, he a defender? We've just, yeah, we've just he gone... Swing, he swing <laughs> for the last few weeks, right? we've just gone on about, you know, how is Homs going to get a game and what does that mean for Austin? Well, if you add Hanson to the mix, I, I, I just don't see him getting an opportunity at all. What, mm. Austin getting an opportunity or no, Hanson getting Hansen. an opportunity? Hanson. You see, this is, this is the thing. This is why it's a, break, uh, a keep-in-case player thing. We're talking about... 
filling spots on the list for one year, we're deciding between keeping players that we know will do nothing but sit in the NFL all year or guys that have AFL experience that could fill a role if disaster strikes. This is what this is what I'm looking at filling. We're looking at disaster roles, short-term disaster roles, until we get into a good draft year. Look, if, if, so, we're, if we're losing three key defenders for Hanson to get a game, then I think we're going to be in a bit of trouble anyway. But Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm Look, as I said, like, I'm not against someone like Gibson coming in. I, I am probably against someone like Hanson because I, I just okay. don't think we need him. Gibson, I can understand the thought process behind him, uh, behind us sort of picking him up. Um, I just don't really rate the delistings at this point. There's not really any sort of players that really stand out and say, hey, I reckon he could sort of come in and do a bit of a role. So that's interesting. No. I would have, I'd go for Hanson before Gibson. Well, because Hanson, ta- he has played forward a bit. But and you know, ta- I'm not I, saying he's played not, not for a long time. No, I'm thinking well, that Austin's form was pretty average. So who's to say it's going to get better next year? Well, I mean, all, might... you need, yeah, all you need is, I think it might even happen this year, is, is Jonas suspended, Homsch in, uh, injured, and Austin in shitty form. And then he's playing, you know. That's, all of these things happen this year, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's go for Hanson. Don't think about Gibson. But I get your logic, though. Side Gibson yeah. for one year. He's on average wage, not taking up much. But, yeah, well, I don't mind it, actually. I like but your then, thinking. You're, you're going the premiership window approach. I like it. I am, but it's also it's not just that. It's also about what the club is saying to its players when you do something like that. When you bring in guys on their last chance who are playing and they're competing at a level that guys that have been sort of tailing out a, a contract and they're in their fifth year at the club and they think they're going to get let loose. Like there's, I, reckon there's, I reckon there's a difference in the performance at training and the, the demands that you get from the whole group when you inject guys like a Sam Gibson particularly that have got that work rate that'll, you know, do the, that'll come in and add that little bit of extra feeling at the training sessions where it's like, oh, gosh, you know, we've got a lot of players that could potentially play now. Mm. Uh, how hard am I going to work? So um, there's that little intangible as well, which I would consider, uh, as opposed to, again, keeping Cam Hewitt for another year that he's probably not going to do anything. I take I it we're not talking about thing... era for 10 minutes. <laughs> I think the other thing that we should uh, make note of is that I think Hanson's actually retired from AFL football, so I don't think he's actually oh, looking for another the, role. The thing I read said he wanted to go, but... Um... Uh, come on, Porsche, get the facts right. That's two now. <laughs> hey, hey, I have I have until Rich says it, I don't believe it. <laughs> well, let's get back on track mm. and uh, talk yeah, about sorry. Will Snelling. Aha, um, uh-huh, Rick, we skipped you. Yeah. Uh, 19 right. games, uh, averaged 20 disposals, two and a half marks, and seven tackles in the SANFL. Played the one AFL game last year. Uh, look, I think he's definitely worth keeping. I, I still think there's a lot of talent there. Um, I think he's got good pace for his size. He's a real little nugget. Goes in and under. He's a really nice kick. Uh, I, I still think he's got a bit of AFL potential and, and is worth another crack. Could he be a Sam Gray replacement? Like if Gray gets injured or drops in form, is that maybe his calling a small forward? I think he's definitely more inside, but he does have good pace and probably isn't too much slower than what Sam Gray actually is. Um, look, yeah, look, quite potentially, he could potentially do that sort of role. I'm not sure we'd really want him to do that sort of role, but. Um, 
look, I'm well for giving him another season because I think he can improve once again and uh, and really push for um, you know AFL selection at times next year. I think the best thing we could do if we do retain him for another season is to play him only as a forward because that's the only way he's going to get a shot on our side. Mm. Well, he's too small for a mid, uh, really for yeah. the midfield. So we need now. we need him if he can prove oh, really? that he, he can he can prove that he can snap goals and all that sort of stuff. Then that's more what we need than him as a midfielder. Well, come Macca, they're transitioning away from the the midget midfielders. They don't want to play him so. I mean, he's in the one seventies, isn't he? So uh, one seventy six. He's not. He's not like true midget sort of. Uh, stage yeah, at the this is, are you actually talking about AFL midfielders here, or are you trying to justify that you're not short? <laughs> I'm told on the one seventy six. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you see, this is the thing about Snelling is that. Um, yeah, okay, a guy his height, you know, Sam Mitchell, yada, yada, we hear all about that. But the midfield that we at Port Adelaide actually have now, it does what he does, but taller. So I think he's competing with guys that have already very much got spots in the side. Um, so I, I think he I think he has to reinvent. Uh, I think that's really his only chance going forward of actually getting an elevation. We, we say clubs are moving away from it, but, you know, Kane Lambert at 178, Dion Pressier at 175 <laughs> have just been key, you know, members of a premiership midfield, so... Um, yeah, but if sure. you've got midfielders doing the same thing and they're bigger, then you'd usually pick them, wouldn't you? Like, that's the thing, like, Will Snelling's, Will Snelling's not any... Outs- he's got, not got, got no outside to his game that I'm aware of, um, really. Like, he's a contested guy. He's in cocaine traffic. But he's not like if Presti has got a bit more to him than just you know grinding, isn't he? Um, <laughs> if, if you look at that, uh, and we've got what Wines, we've got um, Gray who can come through, and he's got the, the the hardened strength to do it. We've got Rockcliffe added in, which I think is the thing that really kills Will Snelling as a midfielder in my view, just because we've added that extra depth in contested midfield. Mm. Um, for me, I think that that that's what hurts Snelling more than anything is just that we're filling up the spots above him. You know, Atley, I'd rather play Atley than Snelling. In that sort of role, um, and you know, in a year or so, maybe Drew in that role as well. Um, if you have to get have a guy like Snelling, and they're all got height and size on him um, for contested roles, and it's good for contested roles to have height and size, unless you are able to make up for it with um, high agility and uh, really good disposal, which neither of those are things that I would associate with Will Snelling. Yeah. Well, I think he's probably up against it becoming a full-time AFL inside midfielder for us because he's about seventh in line. But I still think he's got yeah. talent and is worth keeping. Um, and uh, as you said, Rick, uh, it is quite possible he might be able to perform some sort of uh, you know half forward type role. Yeah, if if he can become, he's quite he... a clever player. So. If if we if we go to a if we decide as a club okay he's going to be a half forward because that's his only shot with us then I think that's the best thing for everyone uh, and even if it's tempting to play him in the midfield uh, we got to we got to get him ready for the power mm. uh, it might be one of those times when the the magpie suffers just a little bit for the power yep fair enough I'm with you uh, next player mm. Emmanuel Ira. Uh, played 18 games, averaged 14 disposals, three marks, and two tackles a game, playing largely uh, through the back line. Um, well, he's been here for 12 months, and I think that should probably be about it. Yeah, we, yeah. 
Look, I mean, he's an under-height small backman, so if we're talking about the power, that's not really a big thing um, for us to recruit at all. Uh, so, yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I, I, I haven't... I, if there's a case to be made for retaining him, I don't know what it is. So, hmm. Rick? Yeah, I've got nothing. I'm sorry. Well, well, I think I he's had a, he's had a decent year. Pervin at a chicken gym. Don't cut off my question. What do you do if you get caught Pervin at a chicken gym? Do you look away? Do you smile? Or do you just make it out it didn't happen? Well, if you give him a <laughs> wink and, a, and blow them a kiss, I reckon. Oh, God. Is that, is that what you would do? That's what I think you should do. Or do you just make out you're looking... Or do you make out that you're looking at the sort of the picture behind them or something? So uh, you try to be a little bit discreet. Uh, I'm kind of wondering happen? if I'm kind of wondering if there's no. someone listening to this podcast right now who's currently writing an anonymous letter to Next Gen saying that Rick's doing all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm... jocks to the next bar session. No, I don't know. Ira, he's a. I, I'm with you, Maka. If he stays or goes, I don't know. I don't really care. It's. Mm. Um, I don't think there's any value in there, to be honest. So, um, hmm. yeah, but I guess we need players to delist next year too, don't we? Not if we do my thing and add these guys that are delisted players on a one-year contract. That's easy. I just don't think he's got any sort of AFL potential, so that's why I would be saying goodbye. He's had an okay yeah. year, but I think he's playing at probably his limit right now, and I, I don't think... Yeah, he's going to need a huge jump to be AFL capable, and I don't think he's got it in him. So, yeah. on that note, let's talk about the last player, which is Joe Atley, who played uh, 17 hey. games in the SANFL this year for 20 disposals, six and a half tackles, and also kicked six goals. He also played three AFL games mid-season and uh, didn't do too bad a job. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Joey Atley this year, guys? I like him. I reckon he could have come in a couple of times later in the season after he got dropped, but uh, that's all right. Um, he's got a lot of potential. I think he will be another player that will benefit enormously from seeing how a guy like Rockliffe uh, plays uh, football because I think that, again, he could play a similar sort of role, um, potentially. I know there's a temptation probably to make him a midfielder that maybe drops back a little bit, but I still like him being aggressive, uh, and that will be very helpful if we can... Have that mentoring thing going on, so it's good. It's good. It's gonna. Yeah, I think it's gonna to be tough for him to get an opportunity if everyone's fit next year, which never really happens, obviously. But um, I just thought he just seemed he didn't really adjust to the pace of AFL quick enough. That's all. But he looks like he's got the goods. He's hard as nails, and mm. um, once he just adjusts to the, the speed of the game a little bit more, you could you could see that he'll fit right in. And I know. You two will love talking about him for hours and hours and hours. Oh, and we will. Don't worry about that. Um, Absolutely. Well, I think he's he, I think he's a gun. I think he's a, a potential real star of our team. Um, I, I expected him to play a lot earlier than what he did, um, so I'm a little bit disappointed by that. Uh, he could have got to go, you know, a good sort of four to six weeks earlier than than what he did. Um, I thought he played okay at AFL level. There, there were times where he looked a little bit slow, but you know, it's all about adjusting to the pace of, uh, of playing you know, elite level football. And uh, mm. I think he's got it in him. I think, um, yeah, I think he can definitely perform a role for us in the future. 
I guess the one query that I've got is with Rockliffe coming to the side, what does that mean for Joe Attlee and his uh, potential for games next year? I think it. Um, I don't think it does anything negative, really. I mean, it, it probably means he gets less games where you'd go, yeah, I guess we'll pick him because he's in form. And it probably means that he will be playing games that he genuinely deserves to get a bit more. So it might knock a couple off his total tally. Um but if it means he comes into a side where he's not the, um, where he's got a, a midfield that can support a rookie player, then that's probably better for his personal situation anyway. Yep. So he'll get better. He'll have better games, but maybe a few less of them. Mm-hmm. Rick, I think he might struggle with the. But you know, we're always getting injuries, so. And I guess if SCP has the second year blues, I mean, he might be a good like-for-like replacement player trying to get some games to him enthusiasm. But uh, I think he's going to be down on the on the depth chart initially, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, look, just breaking news from Spreaker Chat, which I didn't realise, Daniel Gorringe is available in the market. Oh. Daniel Gorringe. Oh, let's go for him. Let's, let's oh. go there again. Yeah. Orange. Definitely, definitely. What, what, about, what about the more exciting news that Macca would like, that Hello Harry, the burger chain, is coming to Glenelg? I don't even know what that is. I didn't know either, but I thought you'd be all over your burgers. Uh, no, no, I'm not sure what that is. Sounds nice. I'm still waiting for you to develop the, the ultimate vegetarian burger for me to come in and try. Well, we can put some lettuce and tomato in a bun for you and uh, <laughs> see how you like it. What about extra onion? Yeah, we can do onion. Yeah, as much onion as Try you want. That's Try really what you're talking about, isn't it? An onion burger? Mm. Yeah. You need to come on. You need to accommodate for vegetarians, Macca. It's a little bit... Um... But he can't. Why? Well, you'd have to set up a separate fry, wouldn't he, you, if you're going to have a... Picky vegetarian. Like if you cater for, if you say you cater for vegetarians as any kind of restaurant, then you've got to full on cater for them. Yeah. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to have separation. So you're not, you know, cutting that stuff up on the same place as you deal with meat and fish and whatever else. You know, um, you got to be serious about it if you don't do it. Because if you go around claiming vegetarian, you've got practices that don't forget everyone can see them. Because it's a fish and chip shop. Mm. Um, you got to watch out. So yeah, be careful. Oh, come on, get your infrastructure right there, Mac. Come on. It's expensive. Yeah, look, we're, we're happy doing what we're doing. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> mm. On that regard... Change uh, for me. Change for me. <laughs> we've got one question tonight, which is from Magpie's Power, which is, if these young guns were new cars, what make and model would they be? Oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Will Snelling would be a new age Mitsubishi Colt. Okay. Because he's hard. Oh, uh, uh, really? Mm. Uh, he'd be like a Jeep, wouldn't he? A Jeep, yeah, it could be a Jeep. That's a good Colt. Yeah, I'd go the Jeep. Yeah, Atley, you'd want something. Atley, you'd want a bit of grunge, but a bit of grunt. What about the old. Um... Uh, the old Ford with the turbo, was it the Caprice or the Cortina or whatever it was, something like that? Cortina, there you go. 
Oh, yeah. God, now I know what Rick feels like when you talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. That's a good one. Oh, screw Thank you. you. That is a good one. Uh, look, on that note, I think we'll leave it there for this evening. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we are starting hey. our draft podcast. We are starting with the Allies players, so we'll still have uh, two podcasts a week going until draft day. Um, so tune in next week and you can hear us discuss um, the potential draftees from the Allies this year. Um, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And until awesome. then, count the pick. Rock on. Unless count like, we get Motlop. And Watts. And Watts. Yeah, yeah, what's the bet? Are we going to get them? Who? Yes or no? I reckon Motlop, yes. I reckon the only reason we wouldn't get Watts is because he doesn't want to leave Melbourne, and that's the only reason. Mm. All right, so you're both going pro Motlop and Watts. Yeah, I reckon. I think I reckon we'll get we Motlop. Or the... We won't get Watts. Yeah, I, I reckon. Yeah, I, I'm unsure about Watts just because I want. I don't know how much he's going to be like. Oh, I don't want to leave Melbourne. I don't want to go to Adelaide. Ugh. So that's I'm gonna, really. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for both. If we don't get either, are we still in the premiership window? Yes, yeah. because Rockliffe. Um, don't get me wrong, Motliff, Motlop and Watts would both fill things that we've identified as areas we need to improve in and that they would add instant improvement if we got them. But, you know, barring season-long injuries or anything like that, then, yeah, you'd have to say. Yep. Done. Cool. Count the pair. Power. Power.